Your next success begins with University of Maryland Global Campus. For more than 75 years, UMGC has been giving working adults like you the affordable, accredited online education you need to reach the future you want. Because the path to success is different for everyone, we offer more than 125 undergraduate and graduate degrees and certificates, along with personalized support and lifetime career services. Plus, our 100% online and hybrid courses let you learn in the way that fits your schedule best, while affordable tuition and financial resources make UMGC accessible. And with no application fee through August 31st, there's no better time to get started. Find the education you need to create the future you want. Choose from fields like business, healthcare, data analytics, cybersecurity, and more, and take the next step in your career. Apply by August 31st, and we'll waive your application fee. Learn more at umgc.edu. Certified to operate by Chev. Hello, and welcome to our podcast. If you are watching us for the first time on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. And if you're on the podcast, if you're listening to us on podcast, visit us on our YouTube channel, the Sawala Adelis, because a lot more stuff goes on there. And if you can't see us, you'll wish you can now. He's just putting a silly face. Um... Um, so this week's podcast is off the back of a um, conversation I had with some friends oh, right. a while back, some female friends, Yeah, and it was hilarious oh. in bouts, but also very interesting, poignant, moving, and yeah, and I thought it'd be a perfect topic wow. okay. for um, How to Stay Married, or in fact, even men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Because mm. I actually quite like that men and women are so different. I don't yeah. want to be like a man. I don't want men to be like women. I do I like think. It. I do I think like we the li- I do feel we live in an age where it's almost. It's kind of. It's kind of odd to champion your masculinity. If you know what I mean. I mean, obviously there are negative. I think there are. I think why not? We'll look at it like this. There are negative and positive qualities to masculinity, femininity, yeah. and everything that it, it sort of sits in between yeah. and outside of those two. Genders. And I just, I just absolutely relish in the way that men can be just daft as a brush when yeah. it comes to emotions and what's going on. So, yeah. <clears throat> the topic of the co- of the question yeah. that will lead us into this topic very nicely right. is. Does sex equal love to a man? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> um. actually, I'm not going to say who, but we, we sometimes on Loose Women, if you're, if you're listening from in another country, Loose Women is the panel show that I'm, I'm on and have been on for many, many years. And we very occasionally hand it over to the men and do Loose Men. Um, and... There was a, a celebrity, he shall remain nameless, who in the meeting, he was just lovely because he shared really openly with us about mm. all this stuff. And he was saying, absolutely. He said, you know, I love my wife. I love my life. But if my wife doesn't want to have sex with me, I always think it's because she doesn't love me. Right. Well, and why wouldn't... I mean, okay, let's, let's start from the position of what he's just said, or that, that line. Why is that necessarily such a bad connection to make? It's not bad. I'm just asking if that's... Because... Because I, because I don't. I don't see... No. Sex to me isn't... Like, I, I'm even unhappy with the line making love. Right. 
because to me, and this is what this group of friends that I was talking to all completely agreed, that making love is everything that happens outside of sex. Jesus Christ. And Jesus. sex is sex, yeah. and everything else is making love, you know, emptying the dishwasher or laughing at a joke or asking about our day or being kind or giving us a lift or stroking the back of your head without necessarily wanting sex. All of that is the making love. And we came to the conclusion that if only men knew these things, even though they're often told, they would actually get more sex. But, but we, we've hit a road bump right at the beginning here. I mean, and it's a massive... He's already looking so it's confused. A, it's a massive road bump. Because by you and your female friend's own admission, you've now siphoned off the act of sex into something that's almost... almost sort of just physically, medically separate to everything else that goes into... A relationship. Let me let me finish well, this. Thought. I wouldn't agree with that. Well, no, no, no. But you've just said set. You've medically. You, well, yeah. Well, you've you've sectioned it. You've hived it off as something very separate to a to a to, to, to a subtle expression of intimacy, care, uh, a, a sort of in inverted commas holding of each other. You've 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 diminished the actual act of anything subtle. By saying this. Well, then you've misunderstood me. No. What, what I, think, I think when you're in a relationship, when you're in a marriage for a long time, there is so much more Was that nod to, to remind me that we have been in a marriage for a long... When no, you've been in a marriage for a no, long time. No, no, but time. when you've been in a marriage... You know, yeah, you, 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 yeah, things change. Of course they do. Things change, and if anybody wants to think that it is just, you know, the pure joy of intimacy and nothing more, and all these other things of what happens in your day aren't connected, mm. then that's where the willful, I think, almost um, mismanagement of the whole relationship thing happens. Because I think what can often happen, and with all of this, I'm not necessarily talking about us, I'd no. like to say as well. This is, I have many conversations with many women. Mm. You know, it's a mismanagement. And, the, and this is, and I'm not talking about you when I say this, but... But some men think of it the other way round. Like, unless I, we're having sex, I can't do these other things for you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel compelled to do these other things for no, you. No, I don't feel like Because that. I don't feel that I am loved or valued. I think sometimes it comes from a real insecurity with men. Right. And I think that sometimes, sometimes sex can also be almost used as as a get-out-of-jail card when the communication is breaking down. Can I just scroll you back and just, just say something for a minute? Because I think one of the things that gets little talked about, and, you know, as a kind of, you know, brought up by a feminist mother, fair enough that it doesn't get talked about. It, it, it doesn't, you know, there's a reason why, why I think, you know, the balance needs to be redressed in the opposite direction. But if we're talking about sort of male sort of confidence and... Uh, you know, identity or pride or whatever it is that goes on for a man. And it's a lot of complicated things in the bedroom. It's a very complicated, mm. it's not just a case of have sex. And yet, and yet at the same time, one of the most complicated parts of sex, I'd say for a lot of, you know, straight men in a relationship like I am, I'm in, 
is this idea that even if you're with someone who is in no way gameplay or, or is very understanding about all that side of things mm-hmm. and isn't, on a level you still feel you're being compared and contrasted somehow, if not with previous partners or other partners that your partners have been with, the husbands and partners of people they know, because women talk to each other all about this sort of stuff. You know, it's it's a social sort of currency of, you know, it, we talk to our friends. I mean, men talk in a very different way about it. I mean, I've never had oh. the kind of male friend. Well, you, you, yeah, you could kind of characterise it like that. No, I've been around that. Yeah, I've been around that. Well, I mean, but, you know, the thing is, everything I'm saying here about men, there are plenty of women also that could be yeah. like this in a relationship. I, so we shouldn't, think, we what, shouldn't really say this is just no, men. No, no, sometimes... no, no, of course, but I'm just talking from my experience, all I know. Mm. And all I would say is that then when you get into the bedroom, um, you know, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because con- it's not contractually, but you're, you're at a point when into... Oh, look, there's a mouse. You're at a point when you're... Outside of yeah, my outside house, of not the in house, the house. You know, in the garden. You're at a point in a relationship, in your relationship, when you're in an intimate situation, where you've both agreed to kind of partake in this thing that's happening, that develops, lovemaking, whatever you want to call it. And I think sometimes, out of sex, love can come. You can, you know, I, you know, so where you have perhaps in a relationship, and we've had them, you know, many, like you say, all relationships come, go through sort of different patches of, of more sex, less sex, whatever you want to call it. I've always hated it being just summed up as sex. I don't, I'm not the kind of guy who likes it. I like it to be something more than that. I like it to be something that, I hear what you're saying, is love, lovemaking stretches beyond just the bedroom. But I also like to see that what happens in the bedroom is more than just an act. And what, well, you, what mm-hmm. surprised me by your initial assessment, and I'm thinking of you with your other sort of friends sort of sitting around talking about it, I thought... What curious way for women to be talking about it as if it's this disembodied sort of action. Because I think often that's the way it feels, that there is a currency, mm. an underlying currency that goes on within a relationship where a lot of it, and I'm, I must be careful to just keep saying men because there could be women that are like this in their relationship. And I'm talking about my experiences talking to a lot of women and that there will be this, this moodiness. Right. This atmosphere will come into play. And we've both just read a book called Acts of Desperation, where the author describes so brilliantly this wheedling Mm. that the nicest Mm. of men can do. Mm. And and this, this conversation I was having the other day, we were all talking about how there is this silent language that goes on in a relationship down the line, where it becomes, right, I... Say, for instance, this uh, the woman, for, for want of a different argument, isn't in that place mm. where she's feeling, actually, because she's bringing up the kid, she's doing the job, she's washing the socks, she's cooking the dinner, she's been to mm. the shop on the way home, and actually probably isn't feeling very sexy. Mm. And could have made that in the nicest way as clear as possible to their very loving part, I'm not talking about mm. brutish, horrible, controlling yeah, yeah, yeah. men here, and a greyness, an atmosphere comes into the relationship. And that woman will start to think, right, at some point for this grey cloud to burst, this is about us having sex, mm. no matter actually, really, whether I've made it clear that I'm not in that place or not. Or not. Mm. And it was just really interesting this group of women all 
totally recognising mm. that. Because it was interesting, because when we read Des Acts of Desperation, you, I was really moved by the fact, and you should watch my review about what I say about you after you reviewed the book, and you came down and you were quite sort of shaken. You said, oh my God, it's made me think so much mm, about yeah, myself did. as a man. You yeah. know, the, this and also as a father to daughters and what they're going to yeah. encounter, yeah. Uh, and you said about this wheedling, and, and like nothing in the book surprised me or shocked no. me. It's brilliantly written. But this is what it can. This is what it is like mm. to be a woman. There is a certain expectation that within a relationship, you keep a certain amount of vavavum mm. going, no matter where you are emotionally. No matter whether you're mm. pregnant, no matter whether you've had a baby, no matter whether you're having a period, no matter whether you're going through had you've had a baby or when are you ready to not after you've had a baby there is there is there is a currency going on mm. outside of the joys of free love before your inner marriage and in the workings of a marriage i mean one of my friends was saying you know i you know she's got a lovely lovely husband and she said you know i mean it's just totally extraordinary she said it's just fact she said, you know, if I've got stuff that I need doing, mm. there's no way he's going to do it. If, And this isn't like anything they've ever discussed. But she'll say, right, I'll decide, OK, we're going to have sex. And I will take complete control of that situation and we will have sex. And literally, I know 10 minutes later, he's going to be doing the list of stuff that I want doing. Now, this is, these are facts. These are like... So because, so because he gets it, suddenly he's more amenable, you mean? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, she said he's happier, he feels empowered, he feels loved, he feels meaningful, it all feels... I do think so there's So there's like, it's like, bam, there you go. Now, he's not controlling, he's not in a nasty place when he does it, but he's also completely oblivious. Mm. Well, I mean, I, you know, I have to say this book, Acts of Desperation, there's another line in it, which is a really killer line where it says she's talking about not wanting someone to have sex with her. And the only way she could stop him from having sex with her was to have sex no, with him. Stop him from wanting sex yeah, with her. Yeah, it was to have sex with him. And, and I thought that was, you know, that contradiction in that, at the heart of that really, really made me think about, you know, what it means to be a man. Because, you know, and the wheedling thing was, it really did strike me. And I, that was me being really honest because I was thinking, oh, my God, OK. You know, I think what happens is... You know, so, you know, I think there's a danger, perhaps, that what happens is as soon as you're in a relationship, and I've often been the advocate of this line, you know, well, it's just a friendship if there isn't the sex contingent. You know, sex is the thing that makes it a different relationship to just being really good friends and really loving each other platonically as friends and all that kind of stuff. So surely the sex thing has to be a different thing. And if the sex thing isn't happening uh, much, I, I do think men feel it more keenly that they're not wanted or they're not desired mm. or that there's... and also there's lots of men that don't, don't want sex as much yeah as yeah, yeah but also but I, do, I do but i do think there is a complication there for men because i think you know if i look back and i think to myself okay well i suppose i just thought that because we're in a relationship we're always in a position of being attracted to each other so if we're always essentially on that state that the only thing that shows you're attracted to somebody is well no but if if that person isn't having sex then they the other person thinks they're not no. not attractive I, think, I mean, I think finding finding coincidentally the right time to always be wanting it... It's very difficult. ...is actually much more of a... If you yeah. really start to, in a granular fashion, unpack both. every time you've had sex with the person you adore and fancy as to whether you completely wanted it as much as the other person yeah. at that point, no-one's probably going to have no. a perfect match. No. That's about... And that's when things like seduction 
and romance. And I do think that something that creeps into relationships, and I think men maybe feel this a bit, is where's the where's the sort of instantaneousness? It's like I remember times when you've said, oh, well, why don't we book that and we'll go away then? And, you know, we could... And I'm thinking, oh, my God, for a man, that's quite a pressure. It's like, right, OK, so we've got and next Thursday on a, a 2 but so, for, so it is for the woman as well. Well, yeah, well. no, I'm, I'm just I mean, talking no about it as a man. Yeah. But it's like, OK, well, what if we're not in the right frame of mind so for that's it? all right. That's, that's what a relationship should be. We go, actually, it's really nice. We've come away in this lovely hotel. Do you know what? Let's just eat and just I not... I think have... there's an assumption from but... women that men will be ready for it, whatever whenever, however, and it, I, I think it diminishes the, there is an emotional contingent, even to men finding mm. that sex is a sign of love. Mm. There is, there isn't, that can be an emotional thing. It doesn't just have to be mm. this cranking up of think, the digit and doing it. Yeah. What do you think about, um, do you recognise, like, no, I mean, I'm not, not talking about our relationship because I want to stay from, away from my relationship, but, but, because you know of the kids and stuff, um, but but do you reckon? Do you think when you look back into other relationships, can you can you understand the wheedling, the thing that got to you totally. in the book? Do do you recognise that the sulking? Because I mean, totally. so many yeah. women I speak to say one of the most difficult things. Yeah. And what causes much more of a chasm when things yeah. aren't feeling sexual is when the other person starts to sulk. Mm. And then this, and if you are a person listening to this and you, you know you do this, then you really should listen to this because all that will happen is that your sex life mm. will suffer more. Because no two people have been born, brought closer together physically or emotionally by anybody sulking mm. and and these women i was talking to the other day they were talking it was funny because everyone was like talking about the sulking thing the sulking thing was just so difficult because then the currency comes in mm. and then it's like rather like well the only thing i could stop do to stop him wanting sex with me was to have sex they come to a point where they go right okay this is the only thing mm. that's going to cause peace yeah, in the well, house no, and, I, and I think when it gets to that point, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'll own it. I mean, I've been in those, if, when I look back, I'm, you know, I've thrown a mood, I've been a bit moody or I've been a bit, oh. But what I would say is that not on every occasion is that what's called a sulk, born of just a sort of stroppy, childish, selfish desire to get what you want. It can also be born of a sadness that something's shifted in the relationship. And I, mm. I can really feel that I felt that keenly at times when we were going through particularly difficult patches and in other relationships where it was like sad I felt sadder that we couldn't we just couldn't seem to find that cohesion or that moment and so what would have then be read as assault would have been actually oh god we can't do or it feels like at the moment we can't do or mm. reaccess what it was we used to have and I think because you know relationships start with such a sort of whirlwind of sexual activity don't they and sort of all that kind of stuff i think there's a huge pressure on all relationships that unless you're at that sort of breakneck you know level of arousal no and excitement and no yeah, yeah, shopping yeah. to get and, no, and you know yeah and all that stuff that comes into a relationship yeah. but i mean what i would say is it never works like being no, sad course. or being sulky if like because i know a lot of people listen to this podcast who are quite new into a relationship yeah. And I would just really, really stress on that, that yes, if that is like a sadness that one's trying to communicate, 
um, because of everything that goes wrong or walked in a relationship is all about breakdown of communication, but that will not be communicated. What you're wanting to say will not come across. Mm. It will, it just won't work. It just won't fix anything. It won't get you what you want. It won't bring you closer together. And I it's mean, incredibly difficult because like, say you take a woman who is just worn out, okay? couple of under fives, couple of under sixes, whatever. And, and, and he's worn out. Mm. And he's got always a child hanging on one arm, maybe another one hanging on the boot, maybe another one taking their food off their bed. It's exhausting. It's draining. It's physically, also physically, um, in a weird way, almost satisfying because you've got so much closeness. There's such an intimacy when you have a child, when you have mm. a child. And so I fully understand why that becomes so difficult because the the your husband or your partner may often feel completely blocked out of that and 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 is then in the conflict of knowing that that's ridiculous because this other person has got this baby and has got yeah, no, no, I mean, I mean, and I think got, that's a different but it doesn't but it yeah. doesn't mean that they're not still hurt and i think that's often where the breakdown in communication mm. starts yeah. and can still be there hanging around in the 50s and 60s right. because nobody is saying how they feel yeah. because you're after you've had a baby and you're just like, you're desperate thinking, oh my God, how am I going to be this sexual, sexy being? Get my tits mm. hurt, my thing hurt, my da, 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 everything hurts. And then, and then, so it's kind of like this pretense, there's like this war comes up between I couple. think that's an interesting other and conversation. And then I just think yeah. it's the beginning yeah. of It's a the, springboard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But going back to your sort of thing about, you know, is sex love? I, 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 I am still surprised that a group of women sat down and totally hived off sex as an entirely no. almost well, I, I, maybe I pitched it wrongly. Then I think I think you've taken that too extreme. And if I know you, it's because this is the sort of thing now you're obsessed. No, 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 no. So not you're obsessing. No, like, that's really obsessing. Like that, four times no, 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 because maybe so you, you haven't said it. No, but, it off. no, but it, the way you said it was very specific. I'm well, so just okay, curious. So maybe, I'm not you, well, just, worried about just it. I'm just curious. That maybe I said it too strongly. Right, then right. maybe maybe I was setting up a discussion. Maybe I was playing devil's advocate too much to set up a conversation. But but not not as not as obviously because I do, as because that, I but... do I do think that there is an emotion I do think that a lot of men are unfairly characterised as only being driven by somehow a base lusty they just think with their penis now this isn't don't get me no, wrong I don't think that's what we're saying no, at no, all. no I'm, I'm not saying, saying that, no, I'm not saying that is what you're saying opposite. I'm talking I'm not saying that is what you're saying but what I'm talking about is that by and large there's an assumption a cultural assumption amongst men, mm. the, the most men yeah. and many men. And I think, you know, for very good reason. There are stereotypes often for very good reason. Yeah. And I think that stereotype can be very true of a lot of men I know I and of myself at certain are, points. So when, yeah. I was, when I was un, unpolished and unsort of, you know, when I wasn't Renaissance man or whatever they call us now. I mean, you know, I had periods where I really struggled with, especially being brought up in a feminist household, you know, I really struggled with what it meant to be a man in a sexual situation. I mean, I really did. It was, I was presented with a sort of issues around control and issues around, you know, how should one be and, and how is it respectful and when is it not respectful and when it, when things are a bit more adventurous, how is that still... It's very complicated. It's so complicated. It's very complicated. And I think... It's a vibe And I think sometimes, <laughs> again, there's this assumption that, that men are just... Do just think with their dicks, and that's not to say that we don't. Not from me. That's no, not no, what I'm no, saying. No, I'm no, saying no. the complete opposite. No. I'm, I was questioning yeah. whether sometimes, because you really aren't, haven't understood me. If that's what you're saying, 
What I was saying is the opposite, that I think men often, because they struggle with the communication, mm. they struggle with asking for their emotional needs, they struggle with saying that I feel left out, they struggle with being able to bridge the gap. And so sometimes sex is the way that they can they can bridge all those no, breaks the complete opposite. Well, yeah, I think, I think it's, no, no, but I think it, and I think it can be, and I think it is those things. And I think you're forever, ever going to hit these bumps between two genders that have uh, most of the time entirely different attitudes to sex. I mean, and you know, it, it, sometimes it astonishes me that all things are ever right enough for it, for it to happen. To happen yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because actually it requires so much to be right for it to happen. And I do think, you know, things like alcohol and all that sort of helps. And I think that's part of the reason a lot of us drink is to kind of take the edge off the awkwardness of it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and make us feel a little bit fortified, a little bit more sort of able to do whatever it is we need to do because it's an incredibly, you know, it's an incredibly personal and intimate thing. And and I, so in answer to your question, do men, I think men do probably more. I think you're right. I think as a coping mechanism, I think we, we turn to sex as a sort of an Language. emotional quick fix. It's an emotional, it's a very quick way to somehow emotionally resolve things for yourself. And if I'm feeling left, if, if I'm feeling lost in our relationship or a relationship, or if I'm feeling sort of misunderstood or disconnected, for better one of a better expression, Yes, I think something like sex can quite quickly ease that for me. For the yeah. but I think more often, and I'm again, I'm not speaking for all women, but I think what happens is women more want to work out what it was, what's right. going wrong, and to talk about it, and actually to try and fix the the, the breakdown in communication with mm. sex. Of course, that works when you're a teenager, mm. when you're in your twenties. You know, yeah, we've had a round, let's have sex and everything's fine. But often what's, whatever is the problem is running deeper just because yeah. of time and because of the other, all the other relationships that are going on within, within, within the house. I, 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 feel, I feel as sorry for both genders and all different types yeah, of very, people with different confusing. kinds of libido because it's incredibly complex. And like you say, when you think about it, it's actually a fucking miracle yeah. that anybody ever pulls it off. Especially sober. I mean, I have to stress that point because it's like I often think to myself, how would I, you know, if I was sober and we weren't together and I was hoping to meet someone, how would I cross that river of intimacy without a drink in me? I couldn't even begin to imagine mm. how to do that because I've never had to do that. I never, mm. I've not, and I've never done it yet. And so you sort of think, and, and I do, you know, I, keep, I, am, I am drawn back to the way in which we use things to try and make this very complicated thing easier for ourselves. I think even in relationships, I think I can think of the I can think of examples of quite a few people I know who who, who use alcohol not in a way to literally anaesthetise themselves so they don't know what's going on, but just to make them feel more inclined towards something that they know they might be just too tired or, like you say, they've got all the kids and it's oh fucking hell, and we've put a scheduled date in the diary and I don't feel up to it. Maybe I'll have a drink that'll help, you know. And even those parts of it aren't bad parts of it you're on the same page as a couple you love each other and you fancy each other and you want some fun together and I think you know it's not always like one's misunderstood and one's in control no. it's just it's a it's trying it's to find multi-layered it's trying to find that shared moment where it can all work yeah but I think that to go back to the beginning is that you cannot get away from the fact because nobody after 10, 15, 20, 30 years of marriage, is young, loves young dream. Because loves no. young dream 
is no responsibilities, no stress, no worry, no tiredness, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And so the work of it comes into it. And I think if you're listening and you're new into a relationship, don't be put off by that. Mm -hmm. Because to think that that's never going to be the case for you actually means you're missing out on something. Because to work out this shit is part of having a long-term relationship. Yeah. It's part of it. And it's like it's a, not a failure, it's part of it. And it's like every other part of a relationship. You've got to work at the intimacy side of it too. Yeah. And it's all right but to what, have a but, but what I was saying about, I know you understood me to say I've cleaved it off and sex is totally different. No, what I was saying is that as you go on, more and more it's a 360 degree situation. Mm. Sex life is all about how you communicate, mm. all about how you are with that person, all about how you listen to them, how you laugh with them, how you... That is the making love of sex. It's mm. all of those things. And actually to compartmentalize it as being able to do this and that and this and that as a standalone, it doesn't work. It won't fix an argument. It won't fix a breakdown in communication. It won't fix loneliness or a chasm between you. It just won't, not on its but own. But if you don't have conversations and if you can't have conversations and if you can't touch base with each other mm. about this stuff, that's when people head off and have affairs because they think that they're going to find whatever it is they yeah. haven't got there in another relationship. And you often hear the case that, you know, I think a couple's counsellor said to us, if you just leave one relationship with all the same problems, you're going to just have find... another one. Yeah, you'll have another... You'll have find the name. same problems with a different person and there'll be that initial flurry of excitement of sex. But again... You know, I, think, I think what's really sad is that I think more often than we can imagine, when people go off and have affairs, there is actually a sort of a secret relief for some people because the conversation ha will have become so difficult right. about sex and about... A relief, what, for the person who's being cuckolded? The person that, 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 that isn't feeling it in that way mm. is going to be just... is. I think Terrible sometimes pain. people turn a blind eye because they say, oh, well, I don't want the stress of it. I don't right. want the stress of this constant wheedling or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. terminology. I suppose that's a whole so, other conversation though, isn't it? Is a relationship over if you no longer have sex? That's a good question. Yeah. Is it? Is it? I mean, is it that, you know, and if you are struggling... Well, it is for some people. Yeah, I mean, if you're struggling that much, yeah. presumably, you know, do you yeah. move on? I think is that, that when it's you move fair on? enough. I think, you know, sometimes with some people that I, you know, have said to me, oh, well, like, we, 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 you know, we don't have sex, we've sex for years, we haven't... And you do think, well, you know... What? There will eventually be trouble <laughs> at mill. <laughs> Should be trouble at mill. Well, there you go, guys. Um, a little bit of wheedling and deedling there. <laughs> Chat there, but that was good. That was interesting. Mark's looking for the mice nearly all the way through. No, I that. wasn't. I saw one because, look, a squirrel attacked our seed silo uh, and a mouse has just opportunistically run across and the dogs normally deal with this shit. And I... Yeah, I was a bit distracted. and, and That's so, so funny. That's what happens after 20 years of marriage. I'm talking directly to him about sex. <laughs> well, the seed silo and the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, look. Look, when are we next going to... Mark, shut up. And if you dare ask me one question about what friend said what... Oh, I'm not... I, know, be, I really, I really don't want to know You will be that. finished I because I know. would never I divulge. I don't want to know which friend said what. I'm just... just that's so amazing that... The, I obviously misunderstood what you were saying at the beginning. Totally. But because you were ready to no, hear I it the way you wanted to hear no, it. No, I was not. Listen back, guys. Listen back. You heard her.